You're listening to episode 55 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. It's mid-February. The weather is kind of meh, at least here in the Northeast. And many teachers who work in districts that are part of the WIDO Consortium are knee-deep into access testing. There are 41 states, territories, and federal agencies that are a part of the WIDO Consortium, and it is dedicated to the research, design, and implementation of high-quality, culturally and linguistically appropriate system to support multilingual learners in kindergarten through 12th grade. And for accountability purposes, WIDA member states must administer the Access for ELLs test every year to ensure the students are making progress in language acquisition and meet the language development standards. The reason I started talking about February is that, well, this is the month during which we test our assessment window goes through the end of March. Other states might have different schedules, but many are done before April. I will be honest, this time of year is not my favorite for reasons related to both weather and testing, but we do what we have to do and then we continue. Which brings me to the topic of this episode. What do we do once the testing season is over? When I had to test students in three to four schools, it would take weeks out of instructional time and getting back into the swing was not easy at all. It's almost like you need to go back and reconnect with your students again, reform your groups and find ways to engage them in meaningful learning through the end of the year. And can you relate to this? I bet a lot of ESL teachers can. So today I wanted to share with you several tips on how you can get back on track after testing. You'll hear ideas on classroom reset, on some projects you could do and get the students engaged in, and how you can save yourself time with lesson planning so you can come to class in the right frame of mind. And to help support you during this season, we're offering a 20% discount on the monthly plan of the ESL Teaching Roadmap membership this week only through February 24th, 2023. Click the link in the show notes to claim your discount, and I'm looking forward to seeing you inside. All right, let's get to the episode. <music> Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. You have been crushing it with your ESL students and now is the time where you let your kids shine, right? It's the access time. So your kids are prepared because you have taught language and content standards. You have adapted your lessons to match your students' proficiency levels. You've gone over at least a million practice tests and material. You've done everything and now they're testing, but... What about after access, that weird time where you're doing what you can to prep them for state testing, but you don't have much direction. And then the state testing is over and you have no idea what to do. No curriculum, no scope and sequence to follow, no direction to make it through the almost unreachable last day. 
Does it sound familiar? So I wanted to share with you several ideas, four to be exact, that work really, really well for those after access and pre-state testing doldrums. So let's get right into them. Idea number one, do a classroom reset. I know I talked about it fairly recently, and if you want to grab even more ideas, you can go to listen to episode 47 about my classroom reset. And I have found that this year is the year of classroom resets for me. Maybe it's just me and my classes, but it has been challenging to keep students on task. And it seems that the focus is not there across the board. So who's to say that a classroom reset should only take place after the new year or beginning of a new semester or a quarter? Um, When you think about it, our lives are a series of transitions. When we wake up, we transition into the day. When we arrive at school, we transition into work, teach, study mode, and so on. Transitions between classes, meetings, and same goes for testing before and after. So I read somewhere that to manage our energy, we need to be able to manage life's little transition. And for this period, a classroom reset is really wonderful. You can rehearse the expectations for entering the classroom and the start of the class. Uh, You can do a classroom as a whole expectations kahoot. I have found that my students are really good at the kahoot, but then you have to kind of see if they are applying their knowledge in real life. And that is where the real work comes in. You can also set some goals that will set you through the end of the school year. And these are just a few ideas. So if you want to hear more in-depth classroom reset ideas, go back to episode 47. And uh, this will be a good start for you. Idea number two, and it's not even an idea, it's just a suggestion, is meet the students where they're at. For example, if they are in the thick of reading a novel while you were testing all of the other schools or all of the other students, are there some activities you can do with them that would bring that novel to life? Uh, Maybe you want to support them with vocabulary enrichment activities in their content area. Maybe you want to do some background building and connecting to real life. These never go out of style in ESL teaching, and they're never too early or too late to use in the classroom. So going back to uh, vocabulary enrichment and background building and connecting to real life and making those novels, for example, come alive would take you a long way. Or maybe your students are ready for some change in the setting of your classroom. Take them outside. If the weather permits, um, I probably wouldn't take my students outside in February, but March, April, why not? It is amazing what a change of scenery can do to your students. Use this as an opportunity to connect their learning with their environment. Idea number three is start a new project. So the testing is over, but you still have a few weeks, if not months, till the end of the school year. Why not engage your students with new projects? And this is what I'm going to be doing myself, uh, starting 
next week, actually. Projects are great for a variety of reasons in the EL classroom, and I have four that I want to list out. You probably will find even more. Number one, they allow the students to engage uh, in a topic of interest. So you can give them choices of projects to engage in, or you can see um, if they can come up with some ideas, the possibilities are really endless. Number two, students work on all four language domains when they're doing a project, listening, reading, speaking, and writing. Because when you think about it, uh, to prepare a project, somebody, you know, the students need to read to find information. They need to put this information, let's say, on a slide, Google Slides. I'm just giving one example. They also need to speak, uh, present it, and then others have to listen to it. Number three, students get a chance to demonstrate what they have learned during the course of the year. So you can make instructions as specific or as loose as you want, uh, but this would be a nice way for them to show you what they have learned. And then number four, the projects guarantee lessons are done for you, lesson planning, right? You come up with a project or a few once. And then you can have activities related to that project for weeks to come. So this is a kind of like uh, a great way to get uh, taken care of, of your lesson planning. So I have talked about a special project that my students engage in the month of March, which for us happens at the end of the access testing. And we call it the country project. And students do research about their countries and cultures and create a presentation that they share with their classmates in class. And to take it even further, they are then tasked with delivering their presentations in a real-world application to the wider school community. I typically lay out the expectations for the project, such as the information they should include. For example, location, geography, language, society, traditions, as well as break it down into smaller assignments, such as information collecting, uh, working on the Google Slides or Canva, which is one of my favorite tools, uh, draft submission, peer review, and of course, the final presentation. And if you, like me, work with your students for multiple years, chances are you will have to tweak the project for the next year. So one way to do it is to have students who have already presented about their country in previous years pick an aspect, such as a tradition or a food, uh, to teach the audience about or even to do research on their own language. You know, what is the history of the language? What is it related to? Um, what is the alphabet, writing peculiarities, word and sentence formation, and so on. This could be a really interesting project and would bring to light uh, for the students how far they have come and would also show others that learning a language is not uh, something that is acquired uh, over a period of five minutes. So there are different ways to engage students, and I find the projects really help them explore what they're interested in and demonstrate what they've learned. And then idea number four, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> Grab resources that are already done for you, okay? So let's talk about time a little bit. As a teacher, there's never enough time. You need time to decide the standards to teach. You need uh, time to find or make a lesson that goes with the standards. You need time to plan fun, engaging activities for each lesson. 
time to prep all the materials, time to lay out the lessons in a unit so they make sense, and time to prepare for different proficiency levels and grades. And all of this could take just to prepare for one class. Not to mention all of the other things that you need to do every single day that suck up your time, such as meetings with other teachers, gradings, parent contacting, conferencing, and so on and so on. So, um, you know, we're not even talking about time to actually teach your kids here. So like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, lack of time to do all the things is one of the main concerns of this teacher. And I want to help you. The ESL teaching roadmap, which I created, is it has everything that you need and more to get you through this quite difficult time in the school year. It helps you access done-for-you lessons. It has the materials that are already differentiated for mixed-level classes. And you can rely on a curriculum that's laid out with easy-to-follow steps. If you're teaching newcomers, I have a newcomer curriculum that is full of engaging activities for your students who need to learn the basics, basics of English. If you are teaching intermediates or mixed proficiency level classes, I have activities that align with the content area, language arts, and social studies subjects, and that can be adapted to different levels. And of course, we want to make sure that we keep the connections until the very last day of the school year, and there are activities for that as well. I hope this helps you map out your coming weeks and months, stay confident, and have students engaged and learning. Here's a little recap of the four ideas for those after-testing months. Number one, do a classroom reset. Number two, meet the students where they're at. Number three, engage students in a project or two. And number four, grab done-for-you resources that will help you save time and sanity during any time of the year. Let us know what you thought of this episode by leaving a review wherever you listen to the ESL teaching podcast or by sending me a message on Instagram. As you know, my mission is to help as many teachers of English learners as possible and make your life easier by providing you with actionable teaching tips, ready-made resources, and meaningful coaching. As a reminder, we're having a sale on the ESL Teaching Roadmap monthly membership, and you can grab your 20% discount by clicking the link in the show notes. The sale is on until February 24th, so don't wait too long. I will see you inside. Thank you for listening, and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.